0: Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. Often when we are involved in some form of religious discussion, it's not difficult for the discussion to turn to God's Word and how He reveals that Word. There are many people who believe that God continues to reveal new messages today. Some people say that they have had a dream where God has revealed something special unto them. Or another might say that God spoke directly to their heart to let them know something was going on or something needed to be done or some change needed to be made. And yet, still, there are others who suggest that maybe through some event that has unfolded, some natural occurrence that has happened, that God is speaking to us today. What do the scriptures reveal about God and His communicating with us? Well, first, God has always communicated. In fact, God has communicated through the spoken word. In the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 1, God said, let there be light. Now, God does not need to speak in order to do that. God does not need to do anything in this regard, being divine as he is, but think of something and then it would come into existence. But God provides an example here for us to recognize the concept of his word and the power of his word and the authority that his word carries. He has always revealed unto man his will, and he has done it through the medium of speaking and communicating with man. Now, the writer of Hebrews reminds us of this in Hebrews chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. It says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. So that's simply telling us that in the past, when this was written in the first century, the writer is just saying, in the past we know that God has communicated unto our ancestors, and he did so by speaking to the fathers, individuals like Noah, or maybe someone like Abraham, or Isaac, or Jacob, but then he said, and also the prophets, so individuals like Moses, or David, or Isaiah, or Jeremiah. So God communicated his will unto these individuals. A prophet, then, was one who was given God's word to speak unto others. And we have an account of one of those prophets in the book of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1, he identifies himself, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, of the priests that were in Anathoth in the land of Benjamin. To whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the thirteenth year of his reign. In verse 4 it says, The word of the Lord came unto me. So Jeremiah made this particular claim that God's word came to him. But God said that you will know whether the words of a prophet are true or not if those words come true. So there are many false prophets who go out But then when they say they are speaking for God's Word on behalf of God, and it doesn't come true, we know that they are a false prophet. And of course, we know that Jeremiah is true because of the events that unfolded during his life that he, through God, foretold, but also because Jesus references Jeremiah as a prophet. So we know that he was one who did speak God's words. Speaking then of Jesus, we recognize that as the Hebrew writer mentioned, that God previously spoke to the fathers through the prophets, the very next verse in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 2, says, "...hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds." So God speaks to us today through his Son well, how do I know that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, there's many ways that we could demonstrate that, but the Father himself did so by pronouncing Jesus to be his Son. When John the baptizer baptized Jesus, the account we have in Matthew's Gospel, in Matthew chapter 3, in verse 16, it says, "...and Jesus, when he was baptized..." Went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him, and lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. But that was not the only time during the ministry of Jesus that the Father spoke from heaven in identifying Jesus as his Son. Another account that we have is found in Matthew's Gospel in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, and he went up to a mount. And it tells us that he was transfigured there, and they clearly saw with Jesus Moses and Elijah. And seeing this, Peter spake, and he said, Matthew 17, verse 4, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles, one for thee, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he yet spake, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud which said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. So the Father said, yes, in effect, that Moses and Elijah were my faithful. But I want you now to listen to my Son. When we talk about the Bible and we designate Old Testament from New Testament, Old Covenant from New Covenant, we recognize that a New Covenant came into effect and it took over for the Old Covenant. But the Old Covenant had been fulfilled. It was fulfilled by the coming of Jesus Christ, his death and his burial and his resurrection. All of those things were in fulfillment of all that had been spoken of prior to his coming. From his coming onward, in shedding his blood, the Hebrew writer tells us in Hebrews chapter 7, Hebrews chapter 8, Hebrews chapter 9, that the shedding of blood was to institute a new covenant, that Jesus came as both a high priest and a king to institute a new covenant, to not only offer the sacrifice, but to be the sacrifice in that regard. So, God speaks to us through his son, who is the high priest and the king over the household of God. And John tells us in John chapter 14 and in verse 6 that the role of his coming was to lead us unto the Father, to lead us unto heaven. And so Jesus said in John chapter 14 and in verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. When we hear the words of Jesus and we follow the words of Jesus, because God is speaking through him to us, we're going to be directed to the Father. But before Jesus left and ascended back to heaven to be seated on the right hand of the Father and to receive the glory that the Father had given him from the very beginning, Jesus authorized his apostles to go forth and to preach. So men were to go to men, Just as God used the fathers and God used prophets, men, speaking to men, Him, God, instilling His word in them to speak to men, so Jesus instilled His word in the apostles and gave them assurance that the Holy Ghost would guide them and reveal further information to them, again, God speaking by His Spirit, would then speak unto them, communicate unto them, that they could communicate unto others to reveal God's word. And so in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he had that authority to designate these individuals and send them forth. And then in verses 19 and 20 of Matthew 28, he said, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. So Jesus said, Go and teach. Teach what I have commanded you. Teach what I have taught you. And then Jesus promised these men that he was sending out that they would receive power and that the Holy Ghost would instruct them. And so before he ascends to heaven, we have the account in the book of Acts chapter 1 verses 7 and 8. They had asked him the question, when will the Father restore the kingdom? And Jesus said in verses 7 and 8 of Acts chapter 1 It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, His promise to them before he departed was that they would be empowered by the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost. He had mentioned that earlier in his ministry in John's Gospel, John chapter 16, verse 13. It says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So the Spirit, like the Son, came to deliver the message of the Father unto his people to share that message with all mankind. And so that's what the apostles did, and that's what we have in the book of Acts, the account of Them sharing the gospel message that Jesus is the Christ, the only begotten Son of God, who came to this world, who died upon the cross, shedding his blood for the remission of our sins, who was buried on the third day, resurrected. Now he's ascended into heaven, where he's seated on the right hand of the Father above, where he is King of kings and Lord of lords, where he is also our high priest to take his blood into the holy of holies, the true holy that is in heaven, and place that blood on the mercy seat to provide redemption for all of us. And so when one hears the message of the gospel and repents of their sins and confesses Jesus as Christ and then is baptized for the remission of their sins, they have all of their sin taken away by the blood of Jesus Christ and they're brought into the household of God. We hear the message that God delivered through His Son. We believe it and then we act upon it and we become His children. The words the apostles spoke and wrote thus are the words of of God. Jesus promised, Acts chapter 1, John 16. He also promised in John 14 and in John 15 that they would be guided into truth. He said it would be all truth, so nothing would be left out. And they would be guided by the Holy Spirit, and that the Holy Spirit's coming would be from the Father, and that the message that the Holy Spirit would give would conform to the Father's will, and it would also provide a testimony to Jesus. When we go back and we look at that account that we read just a few moments ago in John's Gospel, John chapter 16, we read verse 13. But the very next verse, verse 14, speaking of the Spirit, said, He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. So he's going to provide testimony, and that is exactly what he did. The Spirit provided testimony, revealing unto these men all of the fulfillment of the prophecies that God had given under the Old Covenant. Now when Paul was inspired as an apostle, he was one sent out by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel. When he was inspired to write his epistle under the Corinthians, he reminded them that God revealed his word to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So Paul said that was That was his role. That was his responsibility to take the things that he had learned as the Spirit revealed it, as God spoke to him, and teach others that they might be blessed in knowing and obeying God's Word. You know, as these men went forth, there were always those who were critics. There were always deniers as we have today. People who say, well, the Bible is myth. The Bible is stories. It was stuff handed down from one person to another. And like the old telephone game, people forget things and they interpret things differently and they add their own slant to it. So there's no way we can really trust the Bible. Well, Peter, who had been with Jesus who was an eyewitness to his ministry, was there to see him crucified, was there to see him resurrected, ate food with him after his resurrection, was given the command by Jesus to edify and strengthen the disciples, preached that first message on the day of Pentecost, raised the dead, and did miracles, Peter still had people that would say, well, we don't really believe what you're saying. It's, It's not true. So here's what Peter said in his second epistle in chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. He said, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables, when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased." And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this verse, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. But the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, But holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Peter said, we have done what they did. We've revealed God's word as he revealed it unto us. God revealed his word through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus taught God's will to the men that he had chosen. And then he commanded them to go forth and teach it. They were guided by the Holy Spirit, not only to do miracles as a testimony to their word, but also to have that spirit reveal exactly what God wanted them to teach. And they did, and they recorded it for our benefit today. And so that will has been revealed, and it is in what we call the Bible today. God speaks to us through his word and has revealed in that word everything we need to know. Once again, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you so very much for listening to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings.